So I'm going to continue a little bit uh, some of the points that, um, that James uh, made about the materiality of, of all these digital artifacts that we play around with. Um, and what I'm going to talk about today is not going to be the solution, but it's going to sort of address some of the problems that I think uh, is pretty common around all uh, the artifacts that we have, all our digital artifacts. So uh, Bella Casa says, we must take care of things in order to remain responsible for their becomings. So things we produce, things that we rely on, all these digital technologies, we must take care of them. So we also take care of what happens with them after use, in use, uh, through misuse and everything. Uh, and there is something fundamentally wrong in how we consume technological artifacts. So the question is, what do we do about this? Is it just a vicious cycle that we have to continue? Or the question is, can we break it? And can we use design to do this? Can we use design to somehow care for our digital artifacts in different ways? So just seen a few stats, but Europeans buy around 200 million smartphones a year. They are responsible for 12 to 16 million tons of CO2 equivalent emissions each year. Uh, and 70, so we, change, we, we swap our iPhones every two years. That is fundamentally problematic. Uh, and this is, just, this is just phones, and this is just an example. Uh, the same happens in the US. So it's safe to say that there is something, our throwaway culture when it comes to digital artifacts has to change. Um, so what will make us take care of things in a different way? And this is just a simple picture of a chiffonier that I have at home that is 150 years old. And it's still very functional. And why is it that we go from things we produce today lasting two years and things we produced 150 years ago are still going strong. And obviously there are all sorts of the rapid development of technologies. There is uh, problems with repair and planned obsolescence and all these aspects, but there is also something more. There is also a culture around the artifacts that we built today, that we designed today, that someone make a lot of money on wanting us to, re to, to replace every other year, right? So, so there is some fundamental changes that needs to happen. So this is, this is the aesthetics of our digital consumer products. Uh, and, and the question is, what makes us keep and appreciate some technological artifacts? And the thing is, not a lot. <laughs> Uh, uh, some people did some, some extensive interview studies, uh, Odom and, and Piers and Stoltman and Blebis, uh, and they found out that it's when we engage with the artifact through use, it's when we can attach histories to these artifacts, like uh, when they patinate nicely, uh, or we have stories of belongings with them. It's when we can augment them, it, when we can make them our own, that we, attached, um, that we get attached to them. And it's when they are perceived as, as being durable. Uh, 
So if we perceive things as being something we can throw away and just replace next year, we are likely to do so. And so Vasiliki uh, Tsisnaki, who's uh, assistant professor at digital design, and I, we decided to look into sort of these traditional crafts. What is it that they can do that we cannot do when it comes to design of digital products? Um, so we wanted to understand what are their practices, uh, what are their values and concerns when they make things. And, and this is not to say that we can swap things one to the other, but we might be able to, to get some inspiration um, from that, and we're writing this paper up right now. Um, so we interviewed, yeah, we interviewed uh, some cabinet makers, a ceramicist, textile crafter, uh, and a goldsmith. And, and what they did, they did a lot of different things, but what I'm going to bring up here is, is two aspects of how they design for longevity. So what do they consider when they create an artifact that they want us to live with for 150 years rather than two years? And it's something about um, an in-between factor of having something that has a narrative and is your own thing, but it's something that has... Uh, there's more universal approach. So something between the uniqueness and your own and a universal expression. Um, and the other aspect is using these materials that can last and that looks beautiful at, in wear and tear um, over time. Another perhaps a bit more surprising strategy that, that they used with these imperfections and how important uh, imperfections were to create these hooks that people can relate to the artifacts through. So if, if everything is, is super slick, we slide off them. <laughs> we, don't, we don't engage with them. We cannot relate to them. We are not intrigued. So they were very much either using imperfections that came through their craft naturally or using imperfections they created intentionally to create these sort of uh, hooks for us to relate to the artifacts. Um, another interesting <laughs> project or, or, or things that, that uh, the goldsmith talked about um, was how she had sort of experimentally just taken the, some crap plastic and tried to treat it as if it was a precious material. And how that process of working with the plastic as if it was a precious material changed her whole relationship with that particular artifact and that particular material. And, and, and that tells us a little bit about how much is in our perceptions also of the quality of different things. And so the cultural layer that we have on top of all these artifacts also plays a significant role in how we engage with them. All right, so, so um, we're still writing up exactly how we're going to bring this forward, but there is something about how we design for patination, how we use materials and technologies uh, that endure and can be repaired. This, the latter thing I, I haven't had time to talk about, but repair is obviously a super important part of this. Something that can create intrigue through imperfections uh, something that is between the unique and universal. If everything is the same, 
it becomes nothing. And I think that, I mean, if you remember the sort of the, the look, the aesthetics of these digital artifacts that we, we work with today, they look the same, all of them. There is nothing uniqueness. There is nothing that stands out. There's rather strive for this universal, sleek Mac uh, expression. And so trying to break that up a little bit, I think, is an interesting strategy to, to, um, to work with this differently. Um, and another aspect of this is designing for differences. We are not all the same. We don't all need the same products. We don't use them the same ways. So instead of designing the same for everyone, expecting everyone to use them the same way, let's break that up. Let's not talk about the user. Let's talk about multiple users and our differences and start designing for this. That's a bigger research agenda. Um, but, but, but that's some of the important parts. So quickly, just how we work with this in practice in, in our work is um, using different materialities when we design digital artifacts. So this is a fertility tracker that instead of this being something that typically the woman is responsible of and, 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 and sort of tracks in the bathroom, this is, this is an artifact that a couple can use together in the bedroom, so tracking the fertility, so transitioning from realizing you're fertile to what comes next, most likely, uh, when you're trying to conceive, bringing that out of the bathroom and into the bedroom was something that we wanted to do with this one. Um, so you put saliva on it, and in the evening, it crystallizes in a particular way when you're fertile. So using that sort of simple um, yeah, tracking mechanism, we were able to, do, to, to sort of change the whole practice around uh, how you track fertility. Uh, and the same sort of with this project was, was trying to break up how do we design uh, technologies for pregnancies. They're all very sort of um, medical or... Uh, distancing between uh, the couples. Uh, here we wanted to, to, to ruffle the feathers. So, so how can we create conflict between the couples in, in, in a sort of playful way so they can negotiate what's going to happen? Uh, and the important part for the context here is, of course, we didn't do this through an app, right? We tried to work with different materials to create different kinds of relations to these technologies. So this is designed to hopefully become an heirloom, something that we would pass on from uh, to our siblings, to our friends that can use the same kind of technology. So these are just, uh, yeah, some of the material aspects that we try to bring in to, through all of our designs. So I'm out of time, so this is as much as you get. So thank you.